and welcome to podcast 259 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod, not only are we live recording on a Friday night, but we are also coming to you live from Dupe's 48-hour charity stream. I'm also joined by Matt and obviously Dupe as well, because strangely enough, it's his charity stream and you already yes. knew that. Anyway, evening slash good night or night, gentlemen. Hello. 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 Good evening. Dupe, how are you feeling after six or so hours in of a 48 hour stream? It means we are one eighth of the way, um, which sounds fucking dreadful. You sound fucked already, yeah. <laughs> um, to be fair, what, I've got. A while ago, I'm, he said it was two sixteenths, and I don't really know what he was trying to achieve by doing well, that. Maybe yeah, it, it like, sounded like I achieved more if I went two sixteenths, four thirty twos. This is like nah. that story about uh, Jason McAteer in the pizza. Did you ever hear that one where he was asked, like, you know, you want the pizza cut into four sli- or eight slices, and he goes, "Oh no, just give me four. I, I'd never eat eight. <laughs> anyway. It's just because he's a thick twat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> sorry, dude. Okay. As you were saying, no, no, it's fine. That's fine. I'm glad to stop for that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, <laughs> just imagine like you know you got a pizza and I cu- I cut it into eight slices instead of four. It feels like I've got more, Matt. Let's not talk uh, about you and eating and weekends and burgers. Oh, and don't. Yeah. Don't, we don't need yeah, to talk probably, about that. Probably we avoid that. Anyway, on on what will become this week's pod, uh, we have a save focus from myself, um, because quite a lot, of, got, a lot has gone on in the old Swansea save since we last spoke a few weeks ago. And then we'll be sort of, we're keeping it on brand with what Dupe's just been doing on stream, which is uh, looking into defensive formations against three striker formations, because that has become uh, the meta for which three striker formations has become renowned for has come to the fore once more. So we thought we would bring together the FM hive mind and see if we can find something that effectively prevents it from being as effective slash match engine destroying as it is. Um, So I guess without much further ado, gents, I'll, I'll just jump straight into my save update. We do actually have a quiz as well, I believe, which dupe is going to be hosting mm. um but it's courtesy of mr pumpster so thank you pumpster mm. early doors if it um, goes bad matt do i go can i abuse dupe or pumpster or both just collective someone's getting, someone's getting it yeah co- collective responsibility on that okay. from both parties it, yeah think, it was my idea fair. his ex- ex- execution so but then it's also then your execution because you're then hosting it so. correct yeah so outweighs so yeah take i'll take the blame that's fine but mad won't know what a good quiz is if it smacked him in the fucking face to be honest so fuck wow. Shots. True story. Fired. I currently have anyway. money, so I'm waiting for him to just come around my house and knock on the fucking front door. So He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. No. I wouldn't knock. He'd put something else on the doorstep. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure where we're going with that, so we will move on. <laughs> Sharpish. Anyway, Swansea. Um, last time I gave an update on this, I think I was on course, or I was doing quite well in the championship. I've subsequently been promoted. Huzzah. Um, I set a new championship point scoring record in the process. It was it, I won it kind of at a canter in the end. So that was nice. I'm just getting up the points record now to make sure that I've, I've got it right uh, before I actually say it. Because it, I'm actually sort of, I'm getting towards Christmas now in in the Premier League season, so I really have like motored on through. 113 points I won it with. I lost only five games throughout that season. Um, the next nearest team was West Brom on 81 points. So, smashed it, I think is fair to say. like That's that's quite a substantial margin that I've, I've destroyed all of the other teams. Blackburn almost got promoted, but bottled the playoffs. In fact, they didn't only bottle the playoffs, they bottled getting to second place by losing their last match of the season and then bottled the playoffs by losing to Stoke, I think, or Ipswich. So yeah, they, they really screwed it up. Uh, so they are still in the championship um, in the 26-27 season. Uh, this season, however, now we're in the Premier League. It's uh, It started off quite well, 10 games in. I've won five, lost four, drawn one. So not the worst record, although I'm about to hit sort of a horrible run of fixtures against, I've just I just got my ass handed to me by Liverpool. I'm about to play Man City next. Then I've got a, a brief respite of an international break, I think, before Tottenham come to town. So I'm not looking forward to that. I've got Arsenal as well before things get a little bit easier. 
Um, but before we got to all of that, I obviously had a, a pretty, or I had to have a pretty active transfer window to try and, you know, bolster the ranks. So I, I've spent probably the most money I remember spending in FM in a long, long time. In fact, possibly ever, which is a bit wild. Um, I was given 46 million or so, I bumped that up a little bit me with a few player sales but not an awful lot I've, I've sort of managed to bring in about eight million pounds um but I, i've spent 79 million on a couple of wonder kids from mexico both from monterey one called called alejandro gamboa who looks fairly decent um has three three mexican caps so could be decent. I'm not really sure. He's worth quite a lot of money considering I only signed, I think I paid seven and a half million for him. And then Alberto Barrientos, again, lovely names because they're Mexicans. Um, also 19, worth a, roughly around the same sort of amount of money. Plays more of a defensive role. I was kind of hoping he was going to be Mosquito-esque, but he's not quite at that level, uh, which is a bit annoying uh, for those of you that may remember a long lost save with Middlesbrough that I had. I've gone actually back to the, a similar well that I used in my Bournemouth save last year. Gonzalo Montiel joins from Chelsea. I signed him him for about eleven point five million, which he's twenty nine now. So, but I thought it was worth it. I needed a solid right back. He's been okay apart from getting sent off and getting injured a lot. So it, that's not really worked out so well. Um, Nemanja Jovic from Partizan. Uh, he was he was seven and a half million. Shola Shoratire. I've re-signed on loan from United. He's barely featured, not being great, if I'm honest. Um, Luke Mbete from Man City on loan. That's costing me nothing. And I've also signed Ivan Tony, who has actually been a bit of a revelation. My The, the young Romanian striker I had, uh, I can't remember his surname, <laughs> Marion uh, Kruciru, who uh, who did fire me all the way through the championship. He was fantastic. He didn't even make the start of the season. He got injured the week before the season started with and he's been out for four months or three months. So he hasn't he's I think I've literally just played him like for fifteen minutes in the last game against Liverpool when we were already getting like smashed to get sort of the fitness back into his legs. So he hasn't featured and the players that I would sort of started playing it's, they just weren't cutting it. Most of them are sort of players that I've kept over from the championship and he was my only striker. And once he got injured, I kind of had to find someone else. Ivan Tony was available for £5.75 million pounds, and he's now 30, but he scored four goals in seven games. 7.26 average rating. I will happily take that uh, for such a, a relatively low outlay. But uh, I've also signed Joe Bursick from West Ham, although in the game he starts at Stoke, I there is a reason why I picked him up, but I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but he cost West Ham twenty five million pounds two seasons ago, and then I don't think he was playing an awful lot for some reason. I signed him for eight point two five million, so I've basically old schooled FM Chelsea them um, because that's basically what Chelsea used to do is buy players for ex exorbitant amounts of money and then sell them for nothing or very little a few seasons later um, but the big spend was a player called Johannes Moller who is uh, another new gen wonder kid and I'm gonna I'll, I'll I'll dump a screenshot in the in the discord for for you guys to see um, and then obviously Duke can share it with the chat potentially as well uh, if, he, right. if he wants to yeah no definitely that's a good idea interaction so, I like it there we go. It's just so everyone can see it. We'll we'll attach we'll we'll attach it to the the actual um like tweet for so people can actually see the player. Um but Johannes Moller has unfortunately he's not been like amazing, amazing uh, at this point. He's still young, he's only twenty. And my scouts came came up with him all of a sudden, wasn't really expecting it. But um he cost me 32 million, although it's not 32 million up front. It's sort of, it's it's kind of on the never, never a little bit. Um, but he was, at the time, he was only worth 20 to 25 million. So I thought I actually did quite well, but his attribute wise, he looks ridiculous. Mm. Um, so 
whether he plays in I've been try, I'm trying to find his best position at the moment because he kind of plays all across the the AM strata and then can play from deeper in midfield too and had mixed results throughout but yeah he he looks a bit juicy and he's only 20 currently not getting in the France squad which I'm not bothered about um, but yeah, that was, he was the biggest outlay on a single player I've I've spent in a long, long time. Um, I just wished his performances were a bit better. However, there is additional news. Um, some of you who may be slightly eagle-eyed, you may notice there are two logos in the top left-hand corner. Uh, all of a sudden, I got offered the England job as, alongside my, my duties with Swansea. I definitely so, didn't notice that. I definitely yeah. didn't notice that. <laughs> uh, so... So I'd uh, I'd taken the England job as well. I've lost a game against uh, Portugal already in the like the you know the the shit competition that that even the FA say we don't really care about. Um, and I, I just used it as an opportunity to try new players. It's weird that uh, the majority of the England squad at the moment is kind of the same, but this is actually where I found Joe Bursic, Um That he he was not being like, he was getting called up for England. But he don't think he's got a cap yet. Um, I could give him a cap if I want to, I guess, because you know. But I feel like there's a bit of nepotism there. But yeah, there, there are. I've just called up a couple of new gens into the the England setup for the first time. But it's very much still the same same sorts of players that you would expect. Obviously, I'm not. I'm only what four years into a save, five years. So it's not at that point where. Players are sort of properly aging out and retiring. So, um, tr- again, I'm trying to find... I'm kind of using the same Swansea tactic with with England and it's, you know, it's working well for the most part. I've had a few dodgy performances from certain players. Um, I'm dealing with, like, suspensions and injuries as well. So I'm, I'm yet to ha- play the same team, like, over and over purely because they've not been available. Um, but, yeah, I've got, got the a third international break coming up soon I'm actually quite enjoying it it's that there's uh, like I've not managed an international team for probably like six seven years on FM so it's a nice change and I've also had a couple of play like new gen players coming through say like switching like saying about switching allegiances to like when they've got dual nationality which has been quite interesting as well um, some it's quite funny because most of them are switching their allegiance to Ireland <laughs> yes <laughs> and they're and they're they're also <laughs> awful, so it's it's yes. very much like a you know it's a mirror of real life really yeah. you know we, you really you really get players wanting uh, Declan Rice I guess is the the rarity here where he switched allegiance from Ireland to to England. Not to mention Jack the Chief Grealish was in the well, same boat. Don't, I don't don't really care about him. I'll be honest. Shit. It's funny you say it, man, as well. I'm in, in my save, I'm in 2028, and the England team, I'm just looking at their last game in the Nations League. It's November 2028, and bar one new gen from Man United in midfield, all of the starting 11 are real players from, like, now. Like, Declan mm. Rice is in centre-back with Maguire, Bellingham, Mount, Sancho, Sterling. Before I, when I, the first, funny, yeah. the first sort of team I looked at when I took over, Declan Rice was at centre-half, which was mm. just like, Nope. As a libero, maybe, but yeah. but still, nope. <laughs> Probably the attributes in game might lean the AI towards. I can't remember. I, it was actually uh, it's weird because Gareth Southgate won the World Cup and he just he just said right, I've done that. See you later. Fuck he just this. left. That's Man. why the England job became available. I didn't apply for it. I got headhunted um, for it, which is a bit weird. I've literally just been promoted to the Premier League and now I'm being sort of thrown the England job, but. You know, if it was good enough for Bobby Robson, it's good enough for me. I just, I can't get my head around the fact that in your weekdays you spend in Wales, and then you trot over, Wales. you trot over that bridge, and then you come over and you go to St George's Park. Has there been any funny stuff coming up on the social feed? Because I think this could be something like we spoke about it in a future pod, which is weird about the social feed. Um, is there any funny interaction that's come about? I've that. not like noticed anything about like. Please, can you look? There is <laughs> the, the, the. I think the the closest thing you get is when you initially take the job, because I didn't even get the option. That, which I I don't I can't remember if it was or not, but I didn't get the option to decide whether I do both or just take one of the jobs. Mm, right. 
I, they just approached me and I accepted and that was it. Yeah. It then just sort of, I'm now doing the roles side by side. Um, but that was the, that was the only mention that I've seen. Basically it'll be, you know, it'll be, see, it, it's yet to be determined whether I'll, how I'll handle splitting the time across both roles. Um, no mention of nepotism though. There should be, but, uh, I, cause I, I've got quite a, decent core of like English players most of which are not good enough to to make the England team it's literally Joe Bursich at the moment who I've I dropped from the England team because I thought I don't really want to want additional training and injuries um but I thought I could maybe be a bit of a bastard when it comes to selling players sell them with like knowing that they're uncapped and then call them up with like and get an extra two million because they'll oh. think oh he'll never get that and I'm just like oh, there you that's... go have a friendly Oh. Suck me. Oh. So it's I think it's, it's horrible. Fine. We always say it. it's, it's in the game. It's there to be used. I'm on board with it. But, I mean, Don Revy would do it. Don Revy used to love a, a bung. So if Harry Redknapp was England manager and then he went back to club management, it's definitely something that Harry Redknapp would have done, or vice versa. Between that and the finding players match, you were you were racking up the cash in the in the dodgy deals. Racketeering <laughs> is what I'm doing. <laughs> Exactly, I, yeah. I am profiteering massively. Although not, I'm, I wouldn't say necessarily personally. The the club is potentially though. I was going to ask you, about you you're five or six seasons in. Did you say? Are you five? Yeah, I'm in twenty twenty six, twenty seven season, but I'm in twenty twenty six currently. So you started with no badges, or yeah, no badges. I've now about two months ago in game. I got the pro license so it's okay. taken five years to get them although i think i could have got them sooner if some of the clubs would have not rejected my requests mm. for training or because or, or for qualifications because that's what's that that was kind of the the motive for moving clubs as, like, as soon as i realized that they're not gonna one they've got no money or they're not willing to pay for my advancement i'm just i've been quite ruthless and sort of gone to find more jobs and it's kind of why I took the Billericay role over uh, I think it was Farsley Celtic at the time because they well Billericay had they don't have quite have the money they used to have when they had the likes of Paul Koncheski turning out for them but they certainly had more money than Farsley Celtic did so yeah. that was the, the reason why I took that job because I knew that they would fund my coaching badges so if I hadn't have been there, I would have been a lot further behind. And in fact, Gronigan actually refused to pay for my pro license. It wasn't until I moved to Swansea where they were happy to pay pay for it. So yeah, I've literally just passed that uh, or just completed that. My reputation is now three and a well, three and a half stars. Um, That's and my good enough for England. Shot up. <laughs> well, my attributes shot up quite a lot as well in comparison. My level of discipline, you'll be shocked to find out, is twenty. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> that's only gone at one point from the last qualification I had though um, so I, I'm, I don't know whether my attributes will continue to go up now that I've I've got all of the licenses or whether that's it that's my lot and how I look in game is how I look in game now but it'll be interesting to see I, I genuinely don't know like if, if that's the case or not if people actually pay attention to it or not I don't know I think surely like, England's going to do a world of good with the reputation that should then help support once you get your experience up, there should be some attributes there that could climb. But going back to what you were talking about badges, like for me, when I was doing my Pentagon, I was picking my sides on going into the interview going, if I get this job, I want you to do this for me. Because um, mm -hmm. you, you can actually, in an interview, say, I'll come if you if you pay for my next badge, for example, uh, which I think is quite a cool little thing. Um, so it's not kind of luck to make sure they would give you the badge before you actually walked through the door which is pretty cool but no it sounds uh sounds like you're doing really well one quick question Matt. well you say you you spent quite a lot of money this time on this team you're you're excited you're, you're enjoying it how much of that championships kind of spine has come up with you and how much have you absolutely ripped it out so i've actually kept quite a lot i i, I think i'd said last time that the the team that i, I hadn't really added an awful lot of players in the championship mm. to what I already had because they'd, be, they'd been freshly relegated the season I took over anyway. So they, they were newly back down in the championship. So they'd, they'd spent a fair amount of money sort of building that team and it just wasn't good enough or the manager wasn't good enough to keep them up. 
So I didn't really recruit that heavily. I spent a, a sort of a little amount of players on on younger players in the hopes that they would develop into something like uh, Marion Kruchereau and to hope that basically give they've got a year in the championship so they've got a year to get up to speed before they join. I also did sign or re-sign Jamiro Heigen from Groningen who was the the um young player I'd in like I sort of inherited when I started there who was 17. I signed him he he joined in the January. I think in my in the last update he had just joined but the majority of that team is still present. Uh, there's a few positions, but I didn't have enough money to st- to strengthen where I would have liked. I still need a new left back. I think that's my real weak weak area at the moment. Uh, I'd got Max Kilman, who I'd had in the championship, but he's just not a left back. Mm. <laughs> um, and he's getting like, as as a centre half, he massively outrates himself when he plays there rather than playing at left back. So I'm actually playing my right my right back from last season at left back currently because the left back from last season he, he was he wasn't really good enough in the championship he's definitely not good enough in the premier league um it was kind of unfortunate really because i i had a deal that um was in place but then fell through i can't remember why but for whatever reason it i didn't get the player that i was hoping to get so it, i kind of scrabbled around trying to find other players to f- sort of fill that void but unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Annoyingly, I actually have three centre halves who are all left-footed, which is, which is kind of a rarity. Normally, you you have too many right-footed centre halves, but um, none of them are really good in, or not good enough in the the right attribute areas to be able to to play left back well enough, or at least better than sort of a right-footed player playing there. Um, so that is going to be the the next job in January. If I get a decent offer for one of my other players, maybe I'll look to sort of reinvest that into into a new left back. But I'll have to see what what the land looks like at that point. But yeah, to answer your question, most of the players are still there. Um, I'm trying to think if uh, Morgan Gibbs White is he's still fairly decent. In fact, his attributes. Are, I think he's probably like a bit of a yo-yo player where he's probably not quite good enough for the Premier League but then he's too good for the Championship um, I've got Flynn Downs as well who West Ham have just signed in real life from Swansea and he's okay but I think he gets he gets found out against better teams I think he's kind of found his level or at least I've found sort of his level so I think I'm kind of hoping that him and the young Mexican player uh, Barrientos they kind of have a bit of a dovetail moment at some point where he will be replaced um, but all of the defenders, so Scott McKenna I signed for the championship, he's been doing really well. Um, Connor Roberts, he's the right back who played most of last season, he's now playing left back. Nathan Phillips or Nat Phillips, um, he he's kind of the backup option. The only thing I was really, I knew I need, really needed to do was kind of either try and find a better goal scorer or a better goalkeeper. And I, I feel like I've maybe done that kind of accidentally. Um, I wasn't really planning on signing Moller because I didn't know he existed and then all of a sudden when he did I kind of threw a lot of money at him um, so if he hadn't have come about I'd have probably spread that 30 odd million I splurged a bit more evenly over the rest of the squad so maybe there would be a few names dropped off but I, I'm equally quite conscious about the sort of the impact on dynamics and huge swathing changes that can sort of cause that sort of disruption Just to round it off man I suppose like because, you know, we talk a lot on <clears throat> the pod here about make the longevity of saves, um, realism and all of that. Like, I, I suppose going from no badges to England in, uh, England job in five seasons. And on one hand is like, that's super quick. But the club save, the sw- you know, uh, the, the way you've navigated there is, it's, I mean, it, it sounds like a great save, but also like it's going the right way. I think you're probably not going to get ahead of yourself too quick in that save. I can't imagine you'll be, you know, hitting Europe this season or anything like that. Is there like is there are you conscious of it becoming unrealistic? You know, and you you know, are you afraid that you might not go any another season really. or two and lose it? I don't. I, like, ultimately, like, I mean, I'm currently in in seventh or eighth, depending on mm. like results around me. So like that, I don't think is too unrealistic. For, no, like we've seen some clubs like they can finish anywhere between. Like Wolves did it. Where um, Burnley did it fairly. I think Newcastle sort of did it as well, and they come fifth that season. 
when they come yeah. back. Yeah, and yeah. I, I would say that level of investment is kind of on par with the likes of Forest this season. Mm. So in terms of like the like if I'm getting a transfer budget, I'm probably going to spend it. Like so, and also like I, it's clever investment as well because yeah. I, I'm I'm selling selling dross in the hopes that I get so, like something better in. Um, there have been a few sort of transfer flops along the way, but in terms of, re- I don't know if I'm playing it for realism or not. Really, um, it's I'm I'm kind of now I've got to the like last season I could I was able to find some really good young players and they just weren't interested in signing. Now I've got to the point where I can kind of yeah. encourage them. Uh, to, so I'm actually I'm able to not only find them but I'm able to at least try to attempt to sign them which is what I, I was kind of getting a bit frustrated in January last year where I I was thought, I was I think I was quite, I think I was about 10 points ahead at that point. And so it looked like, unless I have a, a real drop-off or I get a big, a few big injuries, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to survive here. But, uh, or at least I'll, I'll be able to sort of win the league fairly handedly. But clubs weren't interested in entertaining bids, which is why I ended up going for like the the Romanian or Eastern European players because they were like, the in respect to the their league reputation. The championship was at least on par, so they were happy to join. Mm. So I guess like the, I think maybe the game has done a better like a better job of managing that for you than it ha- perhaps has done in the past. Ultimately, you're saying I've got like all coaching badges within five years. That's not like the the quickest time frame I could have done yeah. it yeah, yeah. Um, and ultimately if we're talking about realism then Swansea wouldn't have been Swansea could have offered me the job but then I would have have to have passed the pro license within a set period of time getting promoted so which I kind of did accidentally like so it wasn't intentional it was just I'm getting my badges as soon as I can and I think if anyone like if anyone is like a young manager in that position, you want to look as good as possible on a CV, on paper, especially if you're struggling to get jobs anyway. Like I would say the job moves are probably quite unrealistic in that I went from managing Billericay to fucking Groningen in the Eredivisie, which is actually a, like a higher reputation division in my save at least than the championship, which I guess it would be because it's good. You know, they, they ha- there's a path to the Champions League or, or in other European competitions there. So it kind of makes sense. But it was kind of mental that 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 actually happened, and I don't I don't know if I don't think that has happened in real life unless there is some real like crooked owner or like some some English person decides they want to go and sort of take over a Dutch club and then they only hire English staff or something like that. Um, so I guess that's the most unrealistic part. But I did did acknowledge the fact that it was weird. Um, but I've done apart from the initial club where I did awfully every club since I've I've done pretty well at, um, and I've always left it in a better state than in which I uh, I started it with. But yeah, Can't realism. Say the same. Mm, mm. But yeah, Fair play. it's great to have thoughts. It, great to listen to it. It's it's a weird. I I I don't know. Sometimes I like the like over realism, but then I think there are certain that I don't think. FM is fully there to be able to go full sim mm. yet. Uh, so there, there are there are always going to be slightly OP systems that work better and that I think there is always going to be a proclivity for certain types of tactics working better than others or you having to really wring ring the neck of the match engine to get these changes to work how you envisage them working. Um, so when there are those sorts of things that you have to kind of jump through the hoops of I think that kind of kills any elements of realism but recruitment wise I feel like I've done I've done fairly well in terms of kind of keeping it relatively realistic without going too wild um, and not overspending on single players but again back to the game I think restricting me quite well naturally in that regard anyway let's uh, let's move on shall we gentlemen to our spotlight this week, which is defending against three striker formations. So this is everyone's favourite topic at the moment. And uh, there are a few people on Twitter that kind of like to, uh, you know, rub the salt each time it gets brought up. So recent PvP competitions have once again brought to light the difficulty in trying to combat and defend against three up top formations. And uh, Dupe has just spent the last two hours in drafts aimed at exclusively trying to battle this 
formation. So we thought we would delve into how best to counter this tactic and see if we can debunk the myth that three striker formations are in fact OPAF. So, Deep, you were, you were the man doing the testing, so uh, we'll, we'll start with you. Please say it worked. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me just quickly tell you what I've done, because obviously the, the test is not, uh, like, in click, like, it's not perfect. So, uh, I got 10, uh, 10 people, for, or 9 people from the, the chat. We all went into a draft. We, we drafted. I asked them to play a certain content creator's free up top system. Uh, love you, Clates. Um, and I asked them, you are, you play Clates' top, uh, free up top system, or you play any other top free up top system that you know it works. I wanted to see how we'd get on against all, all types of the game. So they all went and drafted for that. And then I came up with a system a couple of, maybe a week or so ago, maybe half a week. I've been trying to plumb away, trying to see what I can do. And I had to come up with something to beat it. Basically, I was in a, in a draft tournament. The first three games, I come up against three up top. And I just couldn't do anything about it. I tweaked, I did, you know, I, I like to tweak. I like to kind of do a few things. But on the day, I could not come up with it. We then played four more games after that. I didn't lose a single game. I got 10 points out of 12. So it was just clearly the team was good enough. The system was good enough. Just when it comes to three up top, the overloads were insane. So I had to break it down and I had to work out how do I overcome this free up top yet still be def uh, be defensively sound against the overload, but also still create enough going forward. That was my main concern. I broke it down. I tested it um, versus the AI. So I kind of uh, got eight managers in. I simmed while they were, I, I put them on holiday whilst they had that tactic plugged in. And then I then used my tactic against it and it worked okay. We then played some PvP with the guys. Again, this is in touch, so this isn't exported like most tournaments do. They normally export them out and put them into a proper network database. So it's it's still not 100% kind of good. But I'd like to say, I think, I think I might be getting somewhere. So I'm quite happy to kind of discuss it fully, or we can kind of break it down how we got there. So Because um, we tried ever. I've tried lots of things. I've tried inverted wingbacks. I've tried liberos. I've tried um, dual calaleros with a, a CM in the middle. I've tried two striker systems, one striker, one shadow striker. I've tried all sorts of systems to get to what I've got. And I've shared the screenshot with you guys so you can see it. Again, we can, we can post this out if you wish. Um, but I've gone for a back three system because they got three up top. So many of these systems that we're seeing online in PvP is if you, do, if you don't know, you either have a uh, flat back three, two wing backs, a flat three midfield, and then a three, no, uh, a flat two midfield and then a three up top. Or you find it where they have a three at the back, a shadow striker, and a three up top. And it's just uh, the wing backs and then the extra man in the field. It's just, it's so overpowering and it's so difficult to come up against. Um, and you have to make decisions because it's, it's, it's very tough to, to go man for man, because when you are coming up against four attacking players, plus they're attacking fullbacks, that way you are looking at six of your 10 outfield players being massively defensive. Yet you've still got their midfielders that are coming through as well. So you either have to kind of go, right, are we just going to sit back? Almost highlight killer, a tactic that I come up with. Like sit back, soak everything up, and then hopefully get them on the counter. Or are you going to go man for man? And, and the man for man is, is pretty much what you can see in the system I've sent you. Um, if you flip it up the other way and you look at a three up top in an attacking system, they're going to leave two centre-backs back. So there's my two strikers marking them. Their wing-backs are going to push right forward. So there's my two wing-backs marking them. Um, they've got their three up top, which is my flat-back three. I've got a DM in front of them, which is going to be marking that shadow striker. And the two midfielders, one ball winner and one that's going to go and attack. Those two are going to be kind of countering what's in there. A lot of the time we played in 2D during this competition tonight. Uh, we hopefully will go back to it and test some more. But what we were finding is, is on the breakdowns, on the counters, we were literally man for man, which was brilliant. Um, but man for man, as you all know, you are if you are man for man, you, you are then highlighting any issue that a player has. So if a player misses a duel, if it misses, sorry, if it misses a header or if it loses out on a duel, then there is overload. 
So you have to have massive confidence in those players. But we were seeing results that I haven't seen by using this system. There are other ways of doing it. This is a very negative system. However, we were still creating a lot of chances. Um, it isn't the fastest team. It's not the tallest team. It's not the technically the best team. But we were getting results. I mean, we were coming up against Darwin, uh, Lukaku and Osiman in one team. You know, that is an incredible front three. Power, pace and strength, you know. And we, were, we, were, we, we nullified it. I think we beat them 5-2 in the end. Yeah, looking at the uh, instructions you have on here, Duke, um, uh-huh. and this is something that I, throughout my save, I found we had a big problem with balls over the top or coming through, uh-huh. slow defenders, slow to turn, poor agility, that kind of stuff. I see you have a much lower line of engagement, uh-huh. um, which basically low defensive line, but you also have um, used the offside trap on. Yes. Did you know, I mean, I know you're watching it in 2D and it's just a couple of hours on the stream, but did you notice... Was offside a thing? Were, were you catching their players yeah. offside? Because in my mind, high line is offside trap, but maybe that's just my brain. No, so the lower line of engagement is your strike force, right? Okay. That's my strike force. So I've dropped your defensive line in this then? My, it's standard. I've just got okay, a standard, standard defensive okay. line, which is why it's not come up on the instructions. Right, okay, um, okay. So my line is defensive is standard. My I've brought my line of engagement back just to compress that team a little bit more. Okay. Okay. Uh, almost to draw their centre-backs out because they're going to need to mark. And it's also trying to compact that middle because that middle is where they're they're overloading me. Um, the offside trap, every single goal that was scored against me went to VAR. To, so we were talking tight, tight. Every single one went to the flag when, you know, is it offside, is it not offside? Um, what we are finding is on that counter, we are, on the counter, we are trying our best to regroup, which is something that I've never really used before. I normally want to counter press straight away. What I'm trying to get my team to do is just to regroup, focus, get that line of defense where it needs to be. And then if the ball does go over the top, let's push up, let's try and get that defensive, mm. that offside if we can. Um, something that every single tactic at this current moment in time only works with, which is extremely high tempo. So when we do have the ball, we want to be, we want to be quick with it. We want to be as direct as possible. So what I want to do is, is get, my my midfielders, my I mean, if you look at this, the the players I've chose, they're, they're they're on purpose. We've got Hakimi and we've got Gaia as our wing backs. They got they're guys with the ball at the feet. They can play a pass. Um, we've got Rodri, um, Thiago, and and Koke again, guys that can play a pass. Um, and then the aim is to get the ball up to the guys up top, and then one v one those those defenders run at them. Um, very strong this year, and well, very strong last year. Not as strong this year, but. Um, was running at defences. We saw a lot of penalties last year by your attacker running out there defending. And it's interesting to see just if that defender is not 100% composed, not 100% concentrating, how easy those players just run past on those run at defence. Um, the one issue we got with PvP is they get stuck in. Um, some tournaments offer different things. If you're not being offered any way of getting rid of yellow cards and suspensions, you need to make sure you've got squad depth because um, if we weren't using uh, get stuck in, what we found is when that counter and when we regrouped, we were not trying to go for the tackle. We were solely focusing on just regrouping. The minute you put get stuck in, in you are finding players uh, moving out of their position to go and get the ball back. But whilst everyone else is regrouping, so it's not a full counter press, if that makes sense. What's the sort of the thinking about sort of playing the wing backs? Like in in like wing back positions rather than in line with the central defenders, because um like the, I know I'm comparing real life sort of theory to to FM, but one of the things that I've sort of always tried to do is what Johan Cruyff used to say about having always having one more defender than they do attacker, and obviously that that becomes difficult to do when you've got people just playing like three strikers because. You're then having to try and almost use fullbacks to play almost like auxiliary centre halves, at least in terms of the the ground they cover, and also then, um, it, in FM terms, it can nullify the space that they have to move laterally, as in the centre halves to move laterally, because you're then having to wait for the the wing backs to push forward before they can splay out. Um, 
is that kind of one of the thoughts sort of about using it that way or is it just so that you do have like a an attacking outlet higher up the pitch when it comes to those sort of attacking transitions yeah it gives us a little head start with the truck the, the transition one thing that we do have and uh, one thing i noticed I, I haven't actually dove it in too deep with that the other tactic that we're trying to nullify um but with a free up top system what you also do is you have that ability to to have those outer uh, strikers to roam from position yeah move into channels which at times can really overload your center backs giving them that space and having them to play wider and kind of drift, do what they want gives them that little bit more hope that they may kind of chase them back. Um, it's also good to have, uh, like you said, that advanced movement from those wing backs who are very technically good. That, that The first kind of version of this is you can see at the top, up top killer number one. Uh, this is not the first one. This is the second one. I've just numbered it that way. So we had uh, up top, uh, three up top killer. Um, they were inverted wing backs and I had no DM. Um, and what I was finding there was that the reason that we swapped from that was that we were finding that those wing backs were from them were countering and just finding so much space. Them being on inverted and, and cutting in, we wanted to overload that midfield, but it was just leaving us so weak elsewhere. So dropping that DM in and, and starting these wing backs, but yet on support, their defensive line or their starting position is is deep enough. Um and they do they do drift deep enough on the on the the positional map. But like you said, Matt, it really gives you that elevated start. As soon as your ball playing defenders win the ball back, um they are issuing the pass out to them and they are both technically brilliant to be able to run past or to be able to find a pass into that midfield. Um and I think it just it's it's being defensive when being attacking at the same time. It's very difficult to. I always find if everyone sat back and you have a flat back five, it just seems so negative to start off with. Um, and I just think that this way it works. Oh, I like the well, way I, it works, whether I, it works or I, not. That's what. I'm, that's why I'm kind of. I guess I'm kind of. I'm playing a bit of devil's advocate, really, because I'm. I see a lot of people sort of complaining about it, but the easiest way to do that is to nullify the the vertical space they've got to utilize. Like you're mentioning about players uh, drifting into like using move into channels and drifting in between into the half spaces between between players. Um, but if you block that out, obviously it reduces that amount of space, especially if you're playing like it, then naturally you are by limiting that vertical space you then potentially have an outlet next to those centre halves anyway if they win the win the ball you've got a quick pass out straight away because they're closer to you and it's then forcing those those um the central strikers to make a choice because i'm assuming that someone will probably have a like move out move wider or something something like that to try and stretch play a bit like because they're obviously starting centrally they'll they'll get them to move out wider um or at least move into channels but I'm wondering if, like, in terms of, like, personal instructions, have you tried man-marking? Um, whether that be centre-halves onto each of those three strikers or even potentially trying using the win-backs to cover that, Those because then you're leaving two central defenders to be able to, you know, sit further back. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm spitballing suggestions to see what you actually have tried or whether you've considered trying it if this one didn't work. It's, it's on my list. Sorry, man. I'll let you crack on. It, it's, it's on my list to try. I want to try. The first thought I had when I wanted to build a system that could do this was thinking we get three, three, three centre-backs, man mark them. That nullifies a lot. We have a DM in front. They will pick up that shadow striker and it will kind of should all sort itself out. The thing that scares me a lot is matchups. There's a lot quicker, stronger, faster strikers than there are defenders. And I do worry when you look at the pools that are being presented to us and you look at some of these players that I've got picked up here, for example, we've got Alba, Laporte and Stones. Yeah, Laporte is pretty quick. Stones runs like he's got stones in his pockets, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, and it just concerns me that if we were to man mark, we would get isolated massively. The issue with man marking from the wing backs, I've not actually, I've not actually tried that. I'd like to see what that would come up with. Again, I don't know whether that would nullify that attacking output if we are dropping them so deep and when we do win the ball back are we just going to basically lose the ball and give it back to them 
Well, so my, the theory in my head, and it was it, only it was only upon looking at the way you'd set it up that this sort of got my mind whirring. Would be that you have the central striker of the three, assuming like, and this would be you would have to mark the position in case the the particular person you're facing has decided that they're going to have those three strikers with, like they're basically if they have the same attributes, but then they have them moving around, um, like swap positioning with with two players, and that that can you know if you've got that to actually man mark that one player rather than the position on the pitch, you could be a bit screwed. But if you had so the central striker is looked after by the central centre half. The wing backs are then set to mark the two wider strikers or strike positions. You then it then leaves you with the two outside centre halves that you could potentially set up as wide centre backs that then do the weird like a weird overlap or underlap thing um, for an out ball. Um, it it would be fascinating to see how that would work in the match engine. Um, because it would be almost like you are creating a natural sort of overlap because the at least how I would expect it to work would be the wing the wing backs will be sitting in deep, like narrower anyway marking those two center halves depending on what they've done and then as soon as that but then you've also got the center halves in the defensive transition sitting narrower so it, you you're blocking all of that space off and you've also effectively got two central defenders spare to pick up any spills but then as soon as it comes to the attacking transition, they will spread out wide. The the um, the wing-backs should sprint forwards as well. So you've then got this weird, like, almost line, almost like a V, I guess, from, from that starting centre-half spreading out. It'll be, it, again, it'll be fascinating to see how it would work. Whether, it, again, I think, I think your concerns are valid about whether it would work from an attacking sense. Defensively, I think it could, again, depending on the physical matchups between the two that you've already sort of raised as an issue. Yeah, exactly that. The, the other concern I've got is is for the people at home, my middle defender is on a on cover. So if we're man marking him, we're going to lose that ability for him to drop deeper to try and stop that over the top ball. Um, if he's focusing solely on the man marking, I also worry about how some of these defenders are positioning their their marking um, and their concentration. If they're actually good enough to man mark, especially when you're looking at smaller pools. Um, if we're not, because again, this is mainly against PvP when you're going to find a free up top. Uh, if you're playing on a budget pick, some of these defenders are not going to have the ability to be able to do man marking. So I think as much as I'd love to try it, I think it's probably one of those that I want to kind of get across the board. Maybe it's something that if I do find that they are getting a lot of space, then that's something. There is a great way to tackle this. This system that I've come out with is a great way to, to swap one role on one of those players that will cause my system a hell of a lot of problems. That shadow striker, you swap into a trek, you get that uh, you get that horizontal movement from that trek instead of the vertical from the shadow. That DM's going to follow. There's going to just be a massive pocket of space there. Um, the ball winner will drop back, but not enough to kind of counter. It's such an easy way to kind of just pull those players out of position, generate a little bit more space out wide, and then then as long as they got some good ability to cross, it's whether you bet your strikers across the attackers. Sorry, the, the, my defenders. Your, it's whether you bet your attackers can outbeat my defenders. So, yeah, there's lots of ways. And, and what I like about this is that hopefully when I do come up against it and I drop one of these, is that it might be a bit of a pause fest, you know, because we're going to be... I've literally built that to counter what's going to be coming at me. So now you need to do something so that I now need to go counter again. Um It'd be, it'd be enjoyable to be involved in. Maybe not to watch, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> I think I get things stuck in my head a lot. You know, you, and you're talking about marking. And you know, you're looking at, okay, I've got three center halves because it's three strikers. But in my mind, and, and I've always had this in my mind with FM, if I've got like, you know, if, if you're trying to mark, man mark, I don't know, Haaland or Zlatan or Giroud or Kane, I feel like those defenders... With those strikers could be man marked, but versus like Mbappe or I don't know Rafael Leao, as soon as you get that pace, particularly in the game in the match engine, I feel like man marking becomes troublesome because the pace will win every time. Yeah, uh, because all, all they do is get away from them. So I think that you know Matt's point's really valid. Man marking, I think would would work quite well depending on how you execute it. But I, I would be very fearful of who are the three or are any of them in that higher echelons of of pace and acceleration. Because they'll get away, even if you've got the, the type man marking on. 
because there's not that many defenders who'll catch them in game. I I agree, but I kind of don't fully agree. I think the best counter <laughs> Story against of Van lives, Arden, No, no, no. It's like I would prefer you can just drop that defensive line back if you're going to man mm-hmm. mark against Mbappe, against uh, mm. Neymar, for example. But coming up against Haaland, uh, Zlatan, Giroud, for example, that strength, that burst of acceleration and that agility, that's enough to hold the player off and then take it away. So I think, mm. I mean, I'm thinking real life now rather yeah. than FM. Again, I don't know what that looks like. I don't use man marking much. Uh, we used it in the total dupe ball system, but apart from that, I've not used it much. Um, that would be intriguing. And actually, to be fair, that was the other end, not a defensive. But like in my mind, if you're playing against a strong, quick burst of player, if they can hold off that defender that's man marking them and then dribble away, that seems that that would be more successful than a ball over the top and and running on because you could get that player with the offside trap. You could get them with, um, with you actually dropping that defensive line deeper. Yeah, too. I think IRL yes for sure. I think you know, Giroud has that's he's made that his game right. And he's Benzema gorgeous. probably does it, and he's gorgeous. Benzema probably does it to an extent. But I, I'm more thinking in game. I just, I guess, I'm just at that point where, after so many years, I'm just still quite fearful of of that speed factor, that pace. The um, thing is, it doesn't like, yeah. like man marking. Do, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will stand off that player, but just s- stick with them. It doesn't mean that they'll follow them around. Yeah, there, there, there does become an element where their weight. Like, I would hope. And again, I would need to pay more attention to it in the match engine, but I would hope that it would be more about you are preventing the ball from getting to that man first, and if they if they get to it first, then you're on them um, like flies to shit. Because like you, the, the as a centre half, I would expect expect you to be at least attempting to win those balls, like the first ball over the top to mm. them, or to, to prevent them even getting the chance to run onto it. And then you combine that with a, a lower defensive line. You might be laughing, obviously, it, that you can only go so deep and then you're also then causing other issues at the other end of the pitch and leaving chasms of space for their more creative players to exploit. Like, there are always going to be compromises that you have to make tactically and it's about mitigating the, the biggest strength of your opposi- opposition. And if you decide that it's because they've got a front line of, of Haaland and Mbappe and co., and that the only way that you can nullify that is by, by com- like sitting completely off them, uh, and waiting for them to get the ball first, and then snapping into a tackle and hoping you beat them to the ball first. Um, it would be interesting to see how that would work. Um, I guess maybe it's this is for a wider discussion on how man marking is implemented and how effective it actually is, and how it actually like works, uh, and how it differs from from like. I'll, I'll say quote unquote standard marking in the game because you don't really have a choice you have tight marking obviously but then I think the, the game defaults to zonal um, because obviously it, you, there is no there used to be a global setting many many moons ago where you would switch between zonal and man marking um, and that was it whereas now I think it, the default is zonal you can type zonally mark I kind of get 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 that that can work, but equally, like if you are man marking that is on a specific position or player, um, so yeah, it'll be fascinating to see the differences between them, and maybe it's something for a, a deeper dive. Um, this has been quite a, a fascinating discussion, yeah. gents. Mm. But I believe we have a quiz to get through too, so let's do that now. It may be good, it may be poop. But one thing's for certain, it's a quiz from Doop. We do, and I'm hoping that this works, because if it doesn't, I'm blaming Pumster. Um, so we have a very straightforward quiz. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to You're not going to draw, you, are you? Please don't draw. Uh, a picture okay. of the icons and the year that this player played for this team. They are all going to come at once to you, and it's fingers on buzzers to work out who or should I say, who this player is? So, so, so can, can we can we repeat that? A, yeah, a little, can I'm we repeat all lost. of the things where you said the things yeah. about the stuff? <laughs> okay, so I am going to give you a uh, a screen now. A graphic will come up, and it will show some football clubs plus some dates underneath it. This will show you the football clubs this player has played for and the dates okay. that he was at that club. 
Like the okay. career trajectory, okay. Correct, yeah. The journey of this player, that we have some past, some present, and then some really past for 90s football for Matt. Okay? Yeah. So, Ooh, okay. for example, this is, this is a quiz question, but I'm going to show, if I would have said to you, um, Manchester United, Preston North End on loan. David Beckham. David yeah. Beckham. Okay. I wouldn't, <laughs> we'll read it out afterwards, but there we go. Okay. So the first one, there's also an outline of the player, so it might give you a bit of a clue. The first one is. Mad. When you're mad. Oh, bastard. Lalana. Mm. Is it Adam Lalana? Of course it is. Oh, is it? Yeah, it is. It yeah. even looks it like it. It is Adam yeah. Lilala. Yeah. I didn't even you, see the outline. I was just looking at the Once you know what the, the player is. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a clue. Um, so, yeah, there we go. So, that was, that was relatively easy, right? We're going to get a little bit harder. Fingers on buzzers. So, it's 1 0 to Mad. Yeah. Can somebody keep scoring chat, please? Brilliant. Uh, so, obviously, it went Southampton, Bournemouth, Liverpool, and then Brighton. Uh, okay, so next question is. <laughs> okay. Uh, Would you like a clue? Hang, I'm trying to work out the clubs. Okay, so we have Leeds. No, no, oh, no, it's no, no, I, no, I don't know. Okay, Mads. actually, oh, I do know who it is. Shit. Okay, we're gonna give it to Matt. <laughs> give it to, give it to Matt. It's definitely not who I'm gonna say it is. Um. No, it's not. Uh, I Dominic Matteo stuck in my head, but it's that's really not. out there. It's not Dominic Matteo. Uh, who no. is it, Matt? I don't know. I I don't know who it is now. I I the the Liverpool thing is completely flowing. Okay, so he me. goes from Leeds to Liverpool to Galatasaray to Melbourne Victory to El Gahafa to Melbourne Heart. It is Gafara. Yeah, it is a Australian. Mad. Mad. Harry Kuehl. Harry Kuehl. Is the right answer. Dominic Matthew, where are we going with that? Oh, note? we're back to Lalana. What's going on there? Okay, Harry Cure is correct. That's because I... Nice it. graphics by Pumster here, by the way. Yeah, Just great GG. Okay, out. so it's 2-0 yeah. to Mad. Next one is... Oh. We're going early. Nerd. Nerd. John Barnes? Yes. Is John Barnes correct? Watford to Liverpool to Newcastle to Charles. Charlton. Of course it is. It's 2-1 to Mad. We have a tie break, which is completely different to this, so we'll see. Next oh question is as follows. Mad. Mad. Burkamp. Ajax to Milan, Inter to Arsenal. The man that doesn't like planes. It is Burkamp. Everyone can see you, Mad, by the way. I okay. Know. Next, <laughs> so it's three ones. On Next one is a tough one. Nerd, nerd. John Obi Mikel. Oh, Lynn to Chelsea to somewhere to Middlesbrough. It is in in a what very a good kit. Very quick. John Obi Mikel. Very good shout. Hello, Matt. This one is going to go like hotcakes. It's three two to Mad. The next one is this gentleman. Right nerd. now, I heard nerd first. Oh, controversial. I don't know. Get out of the bush, I've just looked at the dates and I'm like, what the fuck? The dates are not correct. Um, I can tell oh. you the dates are not correct. <laughs> um, so In I'll which give case, you a, it's definitely caca. It is definitely caca. <laughs> I believe we should have incorrect. a different question uh, so, for this now. <laughs> to, because I, I wanted to, to double check because like the, the dates are definitely not. Yeah. I, I looked at I looked down and was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> six 86 to 89 was a great year by a few yeah. years, by the way. Great uh, year. Great year. Yeah, great year. Okay. So yes, it is caca uh, indeed. Um, here we go. So that's free all. It's all to play for. The next one is Mad. Mad. Canu. Harlan to Ajax to Inter to Arsenal to West Brom to Portsmouth. It is Canu. The next one. It's four three. West. The Elm. date's right this time. Mad. Yes. Nerd. Mad. 
Oh, no way. I think it's Paul Ince. West Ham to Manchester United, to Inter Milan, to Liverpool, to Middlesbrough, to Wolves, to Swindon, to Macclesfield. We get the, can we get the, the Twitch chat to adjudicate the latency here? All I heard <laughs> was, is the dates correct? Mad nerd. That's what I heard. We can, we can run it back, actually. Okay. So just, just, to, just to double check, like, mm. are, are any of the others, the dates completely fucked? Just, uh, the just... next one is not fucked. Um, the next one is absolutely spot on, okay? Okay. I can tell you just... that because I can see the next one. And here is said next one. The dates... Oh, sorry. This is all on Mad. You win this one, now you win. Oh. Mad. Oh, no way. Go on, Matt. Go on, Matt. Go on. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear Mad. What did you say, Matt? What did you say, Matt? What, what, what is happening? I, what is I happening? I can't hear Mad. <laughs> Matt, go on. I mean, I'm going, am I right? It's, yeah. it's ba uh, Roberto Baggio. Is it Roberto Baggio? It yes. is. I thought Mad would have known that, to be honest. This is bullshit. No surprise. <laughs> it's 5-4. It's, it's all to play for. It's my charity stream. I do what I want. And here we go. The final. Winner takes all, or it draw. But anyway, we're going to go for it now. The dates are spot on with this one. No. Mad. Nerd said first. He has five seconds to answer. One. Two. <laughs> Roberta Carlos. It's Roberta Carlos. That's the correct answer. Yes, it bloody well is. There you go. It is five or in this completely fair, fair game. Okay, Matt, Matt's disconnected. Okay, so first and foremost, we'll say massive yeah, I, thank I you to I can't say I'm happy with this now. We're fucking up the dates on one of them. Okay, so if I can find... Okay, so tiebreaker, amazing. So we talked earlier in chat about the greatest game in football, and it was decided that the Manchester United 8... Arsenal 2 on Sunday the 28th of August 2011 is voted as the greatest game. All I'm going to ask you to say in order, not about like alternating, tennis almost, is a player from the, the, the team, the team sheet. Starting 11, subs or unused subs. Either team. Either team. We're just going to go back and forth till the first person gets one wrong. This is the tiebreaker. So, 2011. 2011. I wasn't even born. Heads or tails, Matt? Why does Matt Do get to go? No, I'm, so, I'm not having this now. Why does Matt get tails, to go? Matt? Heads or tails? <laughs> How long have you been here, Sunshine? Seniority <laughs> rules. Sit down. Get back in your, your potato box, Sunshine. Heads or tails, Matt? Uh, I'll go for heads. It's tails, Matt. Do you want to go first or second? <laughs> no, Matt, Matt can go first. <laughs> okay. Matt can go first. You want, I can't put any music on. So, all I need to know, Matt, is you're going to start. So you're going to pick one player from either one of the teams. Can be an unused substitute or a substitute. When you're ready, Matt. David De Gea. David De Gea, number one for Manchester United, is correct. Matt. So any, I can just shout any player. Like, any matter. player, yeah. Um, Rooney. Wayne Rooney is correct, Matt. Too soon to hesitate, Matt. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's outside of my realm of, of footballing knowledge now. That's it. It's done. Um, He's done an entirely new quiz for the tiebreaker. What's happened? Well, yeah, but I don't know why. We're going to be all right. You won't be. Trust me by the sounds of it. <laughs> we won't no. be, no. Um, Koscielny. Is that too early for Koscielny? Koscielny. Big shout. He is, is that. Correct. Ronaldo. Ronaldo is not Fuck. there. So, <laughs> absolutely shockingly, Nerd wins it. <laughs> How? <coughs> you could have had De Gea, Smalling, Jones, Evra, Evans, Nanny, Cleverly, Anderson, Young, Welbeck. Any one shit. of those. Like, Did you say Ashley Young in that? 
Ashley Young. Yeah, it was his, yeah. it was his debut season. He scored two goals. Yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 I pictured him in that match, and I was mm. th- that was who I was going to go for next. Yeah, weirdly. Robin Van Persie on the other team obviously scored and uh, scored and missed a penalty. Well, you, to be yeah, to be fair, you don't you deserve to lose <laughs> after Monday's attempt at the I quiz. I saw anyway. Joel's comment, and there's no need for it at all. That do you know who is... I blame for this? Do you know who I blame for this? Pumpster. Fuck you, Pumpster. Great quiz, though. Wow. Great graphics. Over to you, Matt. <laughs> Over to you. Over to me. Well, well, well. Um, that dupe. Thank you for that dupe slash Pumpster. That was, uh, yeah. yeah. At least there was no interruptions during that quiz. Crikey, I so. feel like Curty now. You know, Pumpster doing all my dirty work. Oh, it feels dirty. <laughs> oh, shots. Shots. <laughs> it's all right. He's gone to bed now. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that abrupt ending brings episode 259 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all our latest Football Manager content. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week and obviously from the rest of Dupe Stream, which we've recorded this in the middle of and... I'm assuming that Just Giving will be an active post yes. stream for a while, Dupe. So be up for if the you whole do, of August. Perfect. So um, I'll leave a link in the description as well for the uh, Just Giving page, uh, which this stream that Dupe is running for 48 hours is supporting. And that is Spread a Smile. Anyway, that'll do for us. Uh, say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Best of luck with the stream, Dupe. Goodbye, folks. Get me out of this shithole.